if you want to turn your Bibles to uh, Romans 10, Romans 10, if you grab the green Bible on the way in, it's page 944, or don't worry, don't panic, There's the verses are all going to be up here on the screen, you'll be able to uh, f- follow along with that too, okay? So Romans chapter 10, the title, When Sincerity is Not Enough. When sincerity is not enough, Romans 10, 1 through 10. You see, there's a religious belief in America today that as long as you're sincere, it doesn't matter what you believe. As long as you're sincere, anything goes. Anything goes as long as you follow your heart. Thank you, Disney. All right, follow your heart. If you pray to a rock, that's okay. If you pray to a tree, that's okay. You can even pray to the devil, like the Wiccans. There's a lot of Wiccans, and a lot of I'm meeting them here, right here in New Hope. Uh, suburban moms, Wiccans, uh, and they pray to the devil. Now they call him Lucifer, and they say he's not the devil like you mean him. I will. <laughs> uh, you, know, you can even pray to the devil, and, and whatever, whoever you pray to, it's okay with God because she will let you in. You get, you get the point. It doesn't matter if our life is diametrically opposed to the word of God. It's okay if we are being true to ourselves, Right? That's the American religion. And the whole key into the, in this USA religion is the whole key to life, the whole key to eternal life is sincerity. What I feel is right. It reminds me of the uh, back when Mount St. Helens, some of you old enough to remember when Mount St. Helens exploded. But before it exploded, uh, the vol- it went off, you know, the volcano. Before that happened, there was a man living on Mount St. Helens. An old man lived there his whole life. You remember that story? And he, they kept saying, you have to leave. It's going to blow. It's not going to blow up. I've lived here my whole life. This mountain loves me. I love this mountain. I feel at peace here. It's going to be okay. Boom. And uh, they never did find any part of him, you know. But, but that's what so many people are, are believing in a false system that sooner or later is going to be bad, right? We're going to see today in Romans 10, the key is not sincerity. It's knowing the truth and putting our faith in the truth of Jesus Christ. That's the key. Father, we thank you for the worship. We thank you for every person who is here or watching out there somewhere. Lord, we we know that there's a purpose, that your Holy Spirit wants to do something in our life through your word, the truth of your word. And I pray that if anybody here is depending on anything else except Jesus Christ for their life and their eternal life, that today would be the day that they come to the realization, the truth of Jesus Christ, and put their faith in him. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so don't forget we've been doing Romans and God's righteousness from God. And lately we've been looking at the section on God's righteousness defended. Last time we saw, that the, we saw the righteousness of Israel's rejection. It's temporary and has a divine purpose. Remember we talked about that? And today we're going to look at the reason for Israel's rejection, which is unbelief. We already saw that they had put works over faith, and today we're going to see that they have put zeal over knowledge. And this isn't just for the Jewish people. This has huge implications for the USA today, the entire world, right? It has an, an, huge implications. And for many who think they are okay with God, many, many, many think they are okay with God, even for many who are Christians, are, uh, we're going to take a look at how we have to really rethink 
what we believe, okay? Let's pick it up with Romans 10. First of all, I'll read the passage. Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for the Israelites is that they may be saved. For I can testify about them that they are zealous for God, but their zeal is not based on knowledge. Since they did not know the righteousness that comes from God and sought to establish their own righteousness, they did not submit to God's righteousness. Christ is the end of the law, so that there may be righteousness for everyone who believes. Moses describes in this way the righteousness that is by the law. The man who does these things will live by them, but the righteousness that is by faith says, Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down, or who will descend into the deep, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith we are proclaiming. I'm going to hit this later. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. Wow, what a passage. So first of all, we'll start with verses 1 and 2 again. Here where it says, what Paul says, Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for the Israelites is that they may be saved. For I can testify about them that they are zealous for God, but their zeal is not based on knowledge. Paul said that the Israelites are definitely zealous for God, but they, they stoned Paul. They chased him halfway around the world. They tried to assassinate him many times, right? Very zealous people. Uh, Paul was one of them. Paul the Jew was also very zealous. He stoned Stephen. He persecuted the Christians and put, imprisoned them and put many of them to death. He was one of them. He knows exactly what he's talking about. But why? Why? Uh, Verse 2, for I can testify about them that they're zealous for God, but their zeal is not based on knowledge. Their zeal was not based on knowledge. That's a dangerous thing spiritually to have zeal without knowledge, without the truth. That's a dangerous thing. In fact, in Proverbs 19.2, in Proverbs 19.2, Solomon said, it is not good to have zeal without knowledge. It is not good to have zeal without knowledge. You see how it all connects. We're gonna, we see this very error today all around us. Zeal without knowledge all around us. The Jews, many of the Jews, many, uh, no, I'll say, some of the Jews today still attack Messianic Jews. Jews who put their faith in Christ are, are, they, they understand Jesus was, was their Messiah. They're still attacked by many of the Jews. Uh, in fact, they've tried to ban them from coming into Israel. Certain radical groups in Israel try to ban them, these certain ascetic groups. Uh, families disown them. You could, they could become, they say, I could become a Buddhist. I could even become a Muslim, but not a Christian. That's the one no-no. In fact, there's, uh, I was just reading a story about a rabbi who, who was trying to, uh, kidnap a young man who put his faith in Christ became a messianic Jew and he tried to kidnap he tried to talk his family into letting him kidnap him and and deprogram him thankfully the family said no but that's what they they really tried to some of them really try to do that zeal without knowledge we see this with the Muslims who blow themselves up to kill Christians and Jews all over the world right and they think they're going to get in heaven by blowing themselves up they think they're getting to heaven and the men are going to get 70 virgins to live with forever <laughs> they're in for a shock uh, they, you, know, you see that the zeal without m- knowledge with so many of the Muslims 
don't know if you follow what happens in Mecca every year. There's a stampede in Mecca when they're, they're stoning the devil. You know, they take this stoning the devil pilgrimage, right? And they, they throw the stones at this pillar. But then there's some kind of panic that breaks out. And hundreds of people are stampede, stampeded every year. Zeal without knowledge. The Hindus, so many Hindus have zeal without knowledge. I, I remember uh, reading the story of, uh, in Malaysia. What they do is they, they take 50 fish hooks and they stab it into their body and they hang by the fish hooks. That's what the Hindus do to try to, 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 try to reach their, their, one of their hundreds, hundreds of millions of gods. It's, it's zeal without knowledge. The, the cults in America, the USA, crazy. Uh, there's there's been a lot of documentaries recently on these different cults. Crazy, crazy things. Kim and I watched a couple, and then you finally can't take it anymore. But most of them are that we've watched were Mormon offshoots, which Joseph Smith was way out there demonically. We all know that. It's not another denomination, Mormonism. It's a, it's a demonic cult. But the shocking abuses that these offshoots are doing in the name of their Jesus. It's a false Jesus, but they claim to follow Jesus. Uh, it's crazy what, what we've been seeing on these different things. Uh, the... Uh, uh, the new age, there's all this new new age. It's an old lie, but they call it the new age. There's breath breatharianism, where they, all they do is breathe air. They don't eat food; they just breathe air. And then they do the fire walking and and the channeling. They're channeling their old former lives, which are just demons that are deceiving them. They're just channeling demons and and talking to aliens. There's so many of them talking to aliens. They're space brothers who are going to bring peace. It's it's all demonic, all demonic. Uh, even a lot of Christian groups are what zeal without knowledge. I don't know if you've ever watched that one documentary about Gwen Shamblin Laura. Uh, that's another crazy one. Sarah got us watching that. It's cra- it was really a weight loss cult. You know, crazy weight loss cult. She denied the Trinity. She had this massive church down south somewhere. All these people were coming. She was taking their money. It was just brutal. It, these people were. Christian, but she denied the Trinity. They shut off empty. No, they, they, they just kept coming and giving her this crazy money. And, well, then, I don't want to wreck you, but she was killed in a plane crash. But anyway, uh, it, it, it was crazy. It, it doesn't stop there. The list goes on and on of Christian zeal without knowledge lies with Kenneth Hagen and Kenneth Copeland and Joel Olstein and Andy Stanley. These guys are these guys are zeal without knowledge. They're false teachers. It's crazy what is going on in the body of Christ. And and and, and it's not just with the evangelicals, you know, the, the Mary sightings. You know, they they see Mary and Mary says, Pray to me and so all they make all these pilgrimages and start praying to Mary when God's word says very clearly, pray to the Father through Jesus Christ alone. There's only one person we pray to, the Father through the Son, Jesus Christ, with the Spirit leading us. And, and But the, the zeal without knowledge. Now, back to Romans. Back to Romans. I'm just connecting some dots so you see it. We see it everywhere. Back to Romans, zeal without knowledge. And our zealous friends, the Jews, Paul says, since they did not know the righteousness that comes from God and sought to establish their own righteousness, they did not submit to God's righteousness. They didn't submit to God's righteousness. They didn't know the righteousness from God. What is the righteousness from God? Remember Romans 3, Romans 3.21. We spent a lot of time on this one. But now a righteousness from God, here it comes, apart from the law, 
has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference. It, it, it's from, it comes from God. It's through faith in Jesus Christ. But they didn't know this righteousness. They didn't know God's righteousness. And because of that, they sought to establish their own. Verse 3, once again, they sought to establish their own. And their own was based on the law. It was based on works over faith. It was, got to follow the law. But no, Romans three twenty one. But now a righteousness from God apart from the law has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. It's apart from the law, but the law points to this new righteousness. It's through faith in Jesus Christ. But they, they, they instead sought to establish their own righteousness. Back to verse 3 again. 10 verse 3. Since they did not know the righteousness, righteousness I've got to say this 10 times fast, that comes from God and sought to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. You follow that? They didn't submit to God's righteousness. Why? Because of human pride. They're going to do it our way. They're going to do it my way. You know what the theme song in hell is? There's a theme song. They sing it every day. I did it my way. I did it my way. And we all know who's leading that song. But we won't go there. We won't go there. We all must decide. Every one of us has to decide. Our way or God's way. Our way or God's way? Verse 323, once again, this righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference. Our way or God's way? There's only one way. There's only one way to heaven, to a relationship with God, to an eternity with him, and that is by putting our faith in Jesus Christ. Romans 10:4. The next very next verse, Romans 10:4. Christ is the end of the law, so that there may be righteousness for everyone who believes. Christ, only Christ. We can only be made right by believing in Jesus Christ. That is the only way. Christ is the end of the law. The Greek word for the end there is telos. Telos means end or termination fulfillment and the goal. Jesus is the fulfillment of the law. He's the goal of the law. The, the law was good, but it, and once Christ came and fulfilled it, it, it's done. He's fulfilled it. Romans 3.21, again, once again, but now a righteousness from God apart from the law has been made known, to which the law and the prophets testify. Matthew 5.17, Jesus said it himself in Matthew 5.17. Do not think I've come to abolish the law and the prophets. I've not come to abolish them, but to fulfill. Fulfill them. Christ is the end of the law. He's the fulfillment of the law. Jesus has fulfilled it. How did he fulfill it? He kept it perfectly. He kept it perfectly. Jesus never sinned. He kept God's law perfectly. And then, on top of that, he died on the cross to pay for the penalty for our breaking the law. He fulfilled it that way, too. Not only did he keep it perfectly, but because he kept it perfectly, he could pay our penalty. He could pay our for our crime because he was innocent in God's sight. He paid for it 
by our penalty for of breaking the law, he paid it on the cross when he died for us. Once for all. Hebrews says once for all. Once for all. It took Jesus once to pay for all of our sin. And this is the great news. We no longer have to follow the letter of the law anymore. If you have put your faith in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit now lives inside of us. Remember the book of Acts where we spent all that time on that? He lives inside of us. And because of that, because of his leading, because of his conviction, because of his empowering us, now we can fulfill the purpose of the law. You got that? We can now fulfill the purpose of the law. The the purpose is, first of all, putting our faith in God's provision. The the law demanded a sacrifice, and Jesus Christ was the ultimate sacrifice, the Lamb of God who was sacrificed for our sin. The law demanded the Lamb sacrifice. Uh Uh-uh. Once for all. Jesus, once he was sacrificed, that was once for all. He fulfilled that. He, he, we, and if we put our faith in God's provision of the ultimate Lamb of God, then that's part of the, the purpose of the law. But the second purpose is holiness. The whole purpose of the law was holiness. But if the Holy Spirit is in us, convicting us, leading us, sanctifying us, we will be living out the law perfectly. Holiness. Holiness. Christ is the end of the law he has fulfilled the goal of the law if we believe if we have put our faith in jesus christ we that has been fulfilled in our life otherwise if you've never put your faith in jesus christ if you're still depending on being good enough then then you are still under the law you are still under its penalty you are still facing judgment of the law you are facing an eternity in hell Unless you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you're under the penalty of law. Do you believe, have you put your faith in Jesus Christ for salvation and sanctification? Have you put your faith in Jesus Christ? Or are you, or are you just zealous without knowledge? Are you just zealous without knowledge? Uh, uh, without truth? Without faith in Jesus Christ? Are you zealous but you've never put your faith in him? You've never put your faith in the truth of Jesus you, 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 listen, if you have never done that, sincerity is not enough. I'm going to give you the great theologian to prove this, Charlie Brown. <laughs> There's a lot of spiritual truths in Charlie Brown. Charles Schultz is a Christian. Do you have that comic? Oh, it's up. Okay, okay, I can't see it here. Um, I, I can't see it up on my screen. Uh, good grief, uh, we lost, you know, 150 to nothing, right? And, uh, you know, uh, I can't see it without, without up here. I don't understand, I don't understand it. What, what does it say then? <laughs> I need my screen here. I don't know where. Wait, hold on. I'm going to walk over. Oh, how, yeah. how can we lose when we're so sincere? You know, and that, that was the whole point. Charlie Brown, they were so sincere. They really thought they were going to win. They were so hopeful and excited. How can we lose when they're so sincere? I'm sorry, I didn't have it on my screen up here, so I couldn't see it. But, but that's true. Sincerity is not enough. We can be sincerely wrong. Sincerely wrong. In fact, uh, a few years back, there was a cross-country meet, uh, the state meet coming up. And I, I saved this article because it was such a, so good. 26 runners disqualified from states. 
26 high school runners from 11 schools have been disqualified from the state track championship because the referee admitted their times during last week's district meet. Uh, oh, no, he, he admitted altering their times during last week's district meet so they would qualify for the state meet. The referee, uh, Marv Miller, told the paper he shaved times because other districts are giving more, given more qualifying times in, in, in births in the state championship. He didn't think that was fair for District 11 runners, so he shaved times. He violated the rules by relying on handheld timers. Something subjective, not objective, right? Handheld timers when automated timing results were available. We didn't, the runners said, we didn't do anything wrong, so I don't know why we are not going to the state meet. Uh, we're being punished for something we didn't do. And I was like, you know, that is just like spiritually. Many depend on a false time. They depend on a false religious system. They believe what they're told. They're doing, they're doing their best. Great effort. These runners were running hard, you know, doing their best. Uh, they think, people think they have qualified for heaven because they've tried so hard following this false system. But they're going to get there and be disqualified. Disqualified. It, sincerity is not enough. We can be sincerely wrong. There's only one way to God. There's one way to heaven. There's only one way to getting right spiritually, and that is by putting our faith in Jesus Christ. John 14, 6, Jesus himself said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Remember in Acts, Acts 4.12, what the apostles preached, they said salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. There is one way. Now back to Romans. Back to Romans 10, verse 8. Remember I said uh, at the end, he says, the word of faith we are proclaiming. And then it comes to the memorize this one. Memorize it. Romans 10, 9 and 10. That if you, con- that if you confess... That if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. That is the only way. We must confess Jesus as Lord. Look at back to verse 9. Uh, back to go, uh, Romans. Yeah. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. The word Lord is deity. He's God himself. He's the son of God. And we have to believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, that he died for our sin, that he rose to, from the dead to, to save us. You will be saved. You will be saved. With our heart, we must believe and be justified. The word justified, once again, is just as if I never sinned. When we, when we uh, believe in Jesus Christ, we are justified, just as if we've never sinned, washed away. And then with our mouth, we confess and are saved. This is the inside, outside. The inside is the belief. The outside is the mouth confessing it. Just uh, uh, we confess with our mouth. That's the inside and outside. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's a, a confession, early confession with the early church. Whenever someone was baptized, they had to say, Jesus Christ is Lord. That was a confession. Very, very important. If you've never been baptized, 
not talking about baby sprinkling. I'm talking about believer baptism, which Jesus taught. Believe and be baptized after you believe. If you've never been baptized, I want you to commit to that. Uh, it's a public witness. It's when we, we say the outside, the, the inside that we put our faith in Jesus, but now we're showing it outside what we've done. We're showing everybody that just as we go under the water and come back out again, that's what happened inside of our heart. We put our faith in Jesus. We died to our sin. We came out rose up a, a new life in Jesus Christ with the Holy Spirit's power. So I want to encourage you on that. We do the baptism every summer. Sign up. I already got a list started, okay? But have you put your faith in Jesus Christ? Or are you still trying to work your way into heaven? Do you have zeal without knowledge? If you are, I want to give you a picture that I don't think you'll ever forget. I want to give you a picture of what you are accomplishing, which is nothing. All right? Some of you have heard this story before, but I looked up. I haven't told it in a while. Um, it's from the farm. I grew up on the farm, as you know. And uh, the, the corn story. All right, so uh, the, but I haven't told this in several years. I had a good friend. I was a working with the youth group, and I was helping my dad on the farm back when I was in college. And uh, there was a kid who, from the youth group who always come over and help, but he wasn't any help. He was a big pain in the butt, you know. And so, so his name was Danny, and uh, he, I still like to shoot him a message when I tell this story. And uh, he, 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 just was, he would come over and just be a problem. I loved the guy. I loved him. But he didn't help me. He was just a problem. So he's like, I want to come and help you. I want to come. Danny, there's nothing you can do. Come on, I want to help you. I want to help you. I said, well, all right, I'll see, you. I'll see if I can figure something out. So he comes over, and, he, and I'm, I'm, I'm loading a uh, uh, getting ready to unload a, a load of corn, and the, 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 you, you pick the corn, the hard ears of corn, and you put it into this wagon, and then you open the, the wagon up, and it pours out into an elevator, goes up the elevator into a corn crib, and just pours down, pours down, pours down. Big pile of corn in there, right? Lots of corn, big pile. And so I said, all right, well, if you're here, I guess you could stack the corn for me. He's like, what do you mean? I go, well, you got to get in the corn crib to stack the corn. He goes, None of it's stacked yet. I go, that's because I didn't have any help, Danny. But if I have help, my dad's going to expect it stacked. He goes, oh, okay, now get in there and get stacked because I'm going to start the corn. So he, he climbs up into this corn crib on top of this pile, and I start letting the corn out up the elevator 30 feet high, comes flying down at him, and he's trying to catch it. You know, he's trying to catch the corn. He was a wrestler. He's a tough guy. He took it. He took a whole load. Yeah, but it's hitting him in the head. and hitting, He's trying to catch it, and he's covered with corn, silk, and dust. And, and I watch this, and... I, I couldn't even, I just turned my back to him, you know, and I'm leaning against the wagon, like crying. I'm laughing so hard. I'm crying. Right. And, and I look back and, and I'm like, then you missed something. He goes, I'm trying. Boom, 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 boom. You know, it's hitting him. You, know, you couldn't tell. It's like stacking sand. You can't stack corn. It's crazy. Right. Thousands, thousands of corn cobs are coming down on top of him. And, and then I try, I go, you're doing better. You're doing better. And he goes, he gives me the thumbs up, bam, 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 bam. Yeah, he he he, get, he took the whole load, tried to stack it. You could not tell he was in there, except there was probably a lot of blood on the corn. And and he, he comes crawling out, and he's like, "That's hard work." I go, "Farming's hard work, Denny." You know, and he's like, "Yo, I I don't want to stack anymore." And I'm, we're getting on the wagon, going back down to the field to get another load for my dad. My dad's picking it, and I'm unloading it. And I go, "Well, you're gonna have to talk to my dad about it, because if you're here, he's gonna expect it stacked." He goes, well, I just don't think I could do another load. Look at me. You, you scuffed up pretty badly. And, uh, and he, I go, well, you're going to have to ask my dad when we get down to you. I'm going to have to ask my dad. So 
We get down to the field, and my dad's just coming around, finishing another wagon. I unhook my wagon. You know, you pull on a rope, and it pulls it out. And, and I come pulling around, and, and Danny, I go, go ask my dad. You're going to have to get his permission, not the stack. And so Danny goes running over the field, you know, and he stops. My dad gets off the wagon. He's like, what is Danny doing here? You know, you know we all do Danny. And so he gets off, and, and my dad's here, and Danny's doing this. Yeah, and, and my dad keeps looking past him, like, look at me, like, like, what is he talking about? You know, just couldn't figure out. And I just sit, sitting there with my feet up on the wheel, just sitting real cool, not anything, just kind of watching. And, and he keeps doing this and talking about it. And my dad keeps going like this. And, and finally, I cracked the smile. I just couldn't hold anybody. I cracked the smile. And my dad, it looked like he got shot. He just fell on the ground. You know, and he starts crawling toward me. And I get off the tractor. We're like laughing. So he was crawling he was laughing so hard. i'll never forget it we were laughing so hysterically and i'm like daddy we got you good we got you good he went, it was crazy you can't stand corn it's insane but a lot of people are trying to stack corn to heaven they're trying to they're trying to stack work their way into heaven they're trying to stack corn into heaven. They're trying to use their good works. It's impossible. You can try to stack corn into heaven. You can work enthusiastically. You can look ridiculous. But, but, or you can put your faith in Jesus Christ. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Are you going to try to stack corn or are you going to put your faith in Jesus Christ? Say by faith alone in Christ alone. Do and as Christians, I got a question. Do people see Jesus Christ in our lives? Do they see Christ in our lives? We confess Jesus Christ as Lord, Romans 10, 9 and 10. We confess him as Lord. But is he really the Lord of our life? Is he really on the throne of our life in every area of our life? We are saved by faith, but then we're called to live by that faith. Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. That means we're dead. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith. Faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Are we day by day living by that faith? Are we giving Jesus Christ lordship over every area of our lives? That's called sanctification. Are we giving him that, that, that lordship over every area of our life? What do we need to surrender to Jesus? Let's pray. How is God speaking to us? We've confessed Jesus Christ as Lord. But have we given him lordship over every area of our life? Is there some area of our life that the Holy Spirit is speaking to us? Even now, as I was preparing for this sermon, I had a long list prepared. The Holy Spirit worked on me. Boy, let me tell you. Areas of life that I needed to surrender fully. An area of our life that we need to fully surrender. Will we take every part of our life before him and say, God, every part of my life, what, what needs to be sanctified? And while we're praying about that, maybe you're here today and you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ. Have you confessed Jesus Christ as Lord? 
Have you believed in him, his death, his resurrection for your salvation? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Have you truly believed in Jesus? Have you brought your life before Jesus and said, God, I repent of every sin, of everything in my life that goes against your word. I repent of it. I ask you to forgive me because I'm putting my faith in Jesus. His death on the cross to pay for my sin. His resurrection from the dead to give me a new life. I put my faith in Jesus. I give my life to you, God. If you have prayed that prayer of faith, then your, your life will never be the same. Here on this planet Earth or in eternity, you will never be the same. The Holy Spirit is now inside of you. Has made you a brand new creation in Christ. Will convict you and encourage you and empower you to be more like Jesus every day. If you have prayed that prayer of faith, I want to encourage you to tell somebody today. If you have a family member or a friend here, tell them before, on the way home today. Tell me on the way out. Fill out the card. Stick it in the box. Tell me. Text me. Email me. Let somebody know. Maybe somebody at work or at school that's been praying for you, witnessing to you. Tell them today so that we can be excited for you and encourage you in your new life in Christ. Father, I pray that every one of us would know Jesus Christ as Lord and would give Jesus Christ, our Lord, our lives. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.